Chapter 37 Gabriel hurried to the tower, expecting to find Joanna working in her garden, but the rows of boxes stood alone in the dying light, like an expanse of graves. It was late afternoon. A white, impotent sun melted in the west behind the ever-present veil of fog. Londo was in turmoil. His life was a shambles. It was sea day, what once, so long ago, had been called Christmas. He loved Christmas. The trees, the gifts, the roasted goose, and laughing friends. He could recall the face of his daughter lighting up when he'd presented her with a rocking horse. Ah, that face. Those days. But such light-hearted celebrations had disappeared overnight. One big blast, and life had changed forever. The memory of the sound still made him sweat. He cut off his thoughts. No need to dwell on what was lost. He was about to lose even more and suffer the biggest loss of all. Joanna. To keep her safe, he had to set her free. Where was she? Gabriel walked down the stairs to the penthouse apartment where Joanna and Eva had lived most of their lives. He knocked on the door. Joanna, he called. No answer. No movement behind the door. She had to be here. She was expecting him. Joanna? Still nothing. Had the agents of the overseers found her already? Worried, Gabriel pushed on the door and burst into the austere main room. There, on a tattered leather sofa, slept Joanna, wrapped in nothing but a towel, her creamy white shoulders bare to the cold, and her honey-colored hair streaming across the pillow. She was safe. Relief streaked through him. Poor thing. She had been through so much. She must be exhausted if she could sleep through the noise of him coming into her space. In fact, she'd been so tired that she hadn't bothered to cover herself with a blanket. Her scent wafted across the room to him, a luscious blend of fragrances, her blood, the grassy bouquet of her flesh, and the faint perfume of the soap with which she'd washed her hair. His loins stirred. He had come to talk rationally with Joanna, but his damnable male appetite was already subverting his good intentions. Then he noticed the valise sitting on the table, and his arousal vanished. She planned to leave. He wouldn't even have to talk her into it. His heart wrenched in his chest. He knelt by her side, not wishing to startle her or wake her to discuss the dreaded future. For a moment, he gazed down at her relaxed face. People looked so young when they slept, especially Joanna. There was no fire blazing in her eyes, no stubborn slant to her mouth, just serene beauty, the likes of which compelled him to lean down to kiss her. To kiss her as only a vampire could kiss. Perhaps the way to save her, to keep her completely to himself, was to consume her beautiful serenity and crystallize this moment forever. God! He resisted the temptation and put a hand on her shoulder instead. Joanna? She came awake like a rosebud opening, 
unfolding in a fluid motion that took his breath away. Gabriel? Her eyelids fluttered as her consciousness came into awareness. Sorry I'm so late. Gabriel? She sat up with a jerk and pushed back her tangle of hair. What? Where, where am I? He sat back on his heels and smiled. In dreamland, obviously. I must have fallen asleep. She pulled the towel around her torso, enough to cover her breasts. I can't believe I fell asleep. You have overtaxed yourself. I should dress. No need. I, I can't stay long. Because of Silas? Gabriel nodded. His brother had not gained consciousness. For a vampire not to recover from a physical injury within a few hours was worrisome. He's ill. I'm not sure what is wrong yet. Is it his heart? I cannot say. And Eva? She is with her husband. She will be fine. Thank goodness. Joanna's eyes darkened. And the baby? Sorry, I cannot say. Patient confidentiality. But she's my sister. Eva requested that I keep the outcome confidential. What? And I must honor the request. Joanna deflated. Gabriel felt her pain and confusion as if it were his own. He had to change the subject. So, what happened with Aiden? Murray killed him. He came to the place in the swamp where we were waiting for the pirates, and he killed Aiden. Bastard. But why? I don't know. He didn't say. Bastard. That man is up to no good, I tell you. I don't trust him. He tried to kill me, too, but I jumped in the water and hid in the reeds. Good. Did he get a look at your face? Would he recognize you? Unfortunately, yes. In fact, he accosted me at the clinic today. He tried to bite me. Good God! Apparently my blood tastes terrible, though. Didn't you hear us scuffling in the waiting room? I thought I heard voices, but I couldn't leave Eva. I thought Citizen Beach had come back. Did Moray go? He must have, if he didn't accost you, too. Small favors. Gabriel looked up at her. Joanna, we must speak of more pressing matters. I know. You will not be able to lead a normal life here in Londo now. Everyone saw you charge up to the gallows. Everyone heard your name. And everyone saw you refuse to obey the leader of the overseers. Yes, but... I'm not in the same kind of danger as you. Silas is my brother. He would never retaliate against me. I might get my hand slapped, but no more. However, my brother is going to be looking for a scapegoat for the execution debacle. A mortal scapegoat. And that will be you. He wouldn't tell her about Silas's vow to track her down and drink her dry. He watched her swallow and looked down. As usual, she didn't try to refute the truth. Do you think Silas will live much longer? He is a vampire, so I expect so. Even if he does have some sort of virus, it will drag on. The vampire constitution is amazingly robust. But what if Silas isn't fit to rule? What then? Who will decide about people like me? 
that's my greatest fear, Joanna. Complete chaos might ensue, like the old days. They were bad? It was a war zone, the likes of which you cannot imagine. If that happens, would you take over? Me? Gabriel ran a hand through his hair. Never. I'm a physician, not a politician. But you might have to. In fact, you might be what Londo needs right now. God help Londo. You sell yourself short, Gabriel. She touched his forearm, and a bolt of connection seared through him. Gabriel had to break it off before he did something stupid, lost all self-control. He got to his feet and turned away. I see you are leaving. It's my only option. He nodded. He heard her sigh and stand up behind him. He couldn't quit staring at the damned valise glowing in the lamplight, a reminder of the reality he must face. Life without Joanna. Back to his humdrum existence. You told me once you wanted to run away. He forced the words out his raw throat. And now you will get your heart's desire. He kept his back to her. He couldn't allow her to see his face. He was the worst liar in the world, and for Joanna's sake, he couldn't reveal how much he wanted her to stay. A few years ago, Caroline had teased him about his worst trait, and now the taunt echoed in his mind. You wear your heart on your sleeve, Gabriel. She had been so right, but it was the only way he knew how to live. Joanna stood in the towel, barely conscious of her state of undress. She should have been shocked to be standing half-naked in the presence of a man she had only just met. But they had gone through so much together in the past few days that nakedness didn't register as something to be concerned about. All she could do was gaze at his back, aching to say something, but sure, she should hold her tongue. Leaving would be difficult enough. She wouldn't complicate their farewell by revealing her love for him, if that was what it truly was. She had no idea. Only time would tell, and she was out of that commodity. So it was best to remain silent. Gabriel stepped closer to the table in the smooth, quiet way he moved through space. He took something out of both breast pockets of his coat and placed them on the table, one on top of the other, when Joanna looked closer, she realized he'd brought a stack of credits as tall as a brick. She'd never seen so much money in her life. Gabriel? Her voice quavered. What's that? For your journey. You'll need it. Still, he didn't look at her. She ventured closer as he slipped two small boxes from the pockets of his trousers. By this time, she stood at his elbow. He glanced down and showed her two green velvet boxes, one rounded and small, and the other long and narrow. He held up the small one. A special ring, and my mother's most prized necklace. He put the narrow box on the stack of bills. I want you to have them. Gabriel, I can't take your mother's things. He ignored her protest. Jewels are easier to carry than possessions, and they won't lose value. 
Use them to buy whatever you need when you get to the north. They are worth a fortune. He snapped open the small box and pulled out the ring. But I... Here, put this on. Never take it off. It marks you as off-limits. Off-limits? As my... As a special friend. Other vampires will leave you alone. I should have given it to you sooner. He lifted her left hand and slipped the ring onto her third finger before she could refuse him. It fit perfectly. The carnelian glinted like fire and blood in the lamplight. Joanna stared at the graceful setting and filigreed gold band, mesmerized. She had never seen anything more magnificent. She wondered if the gift was merely protection or something more significant, a promise, a sign that she belonged to him. But she wouldn't ask. She looked up at him, speechless. Gabriel avoided eye contact and turned back to the table. He opened the valise and stashed the credits and necklace under her clothing. His movements were brisk, overly mechanical. Now then, I've arranged for a coach to meet you tomorrow at first light at the apothecary garden. The driver will take you north, to Scotland. There's a small group of people up there who survived the grave mistake. They live in the Outer Islands. You are to go to them. Change your name. Others survived? Yes, probably more here and there, all over the world. We just haven't discovered them yet. The overseers didn't make them come to Londo? It wasn't worth the effort. He closed the valise and fastened the latch. But he still wouldn't look at her. There. That's all I can do, Joanna. It's more than I ever expected. No one has ever given me anything. No one but you. It isn't much. It was all that I had on hand. Thank you. She cradled the ring between her finger and thumb and held it close to her chest. I can't tell you what this means to me. I want to know you are safe. I will not rest until I hear from you. Gabriel. She reached for his arm, hoping that he would look at her, but he clung to his odd distance, her throat clenched with anguish and heartache. He lowered his head. I want to think of you living the life you were meant to live, Joanna. I want you to find joy and love far away from this place, where you can live without so much fear. Gabriel, tears filled her eyes. I realize we don't know each other that well. It's been only a fortnight since we met. But I want you to know, Joanna Wilder, that it has been the finest two weeks of my life. He finally looked at her. His expression was as hard as stone but his eyes glinted with tears that he was trying very hard to hold back. Her heart brimmed with love for him. She reached up for his cheek, hoping to brush away the pain that streamed from his eyes. Yes, it has been the finest, most horrible week, hasn't it, my dear friend? Friend? His voice cracked. The best friend I've ever had. I suppose we should leave it at that. Or tomorrow will cut like a knife, Gabriel. He nodded and gazed down at her, drinking her in. He raised his hand to gently cover hers. She tried to give him a brave smile, but she ended up breaking into tears instead. 
Joanna. His voice cracked again. He pulled her against his chest in a crushing embrace. The embrace seared through her resolve. She should leave quietly, never admitting to Gabriel that she had forgiven him or that she loved him. But she simply couldn't leave. Gabriel, I can't. Don't speak, he whispered close to her ear. Don't push me away just yet. I mean that I can't go. I said I wanted to, but I can't. Not like this. She held him tightly as she wept, awash in his strength and care. She branded the sensation of his touch onto her thoughts to save it for all the time she would spend alone. I can't go like this. I can't. You must. It's the only way you will be safe. You could come with me. The North is not for those of my kind. I could come back when it's safe. I will look forward to that day. His sad gaze poured over her face. And I will do my best to make it so. And what about the others? The others? Bob Mackenzie, Trout Stevens, Aiden's mates. They will be all right. No one knows who they are. What about the rest of Londo? He cradled her face in his hands and leveled his gaze on her. I don't care about the rest of Londo. I care about you. He cared about her. No one but her parents had said they cared about her. She had been unloved and alone for more than a decade. To hear such genuine loving words made her spirit take wing. His words shattered the last of her resolve. She couldn't hide her feelings for him any longer. She simply couldn't leave Londo without showing him that she cared just as much, if not more. He might need to hear loving words just as much as she did. She wiped the tears from her eyes and gazed up at him, determined to be positive, even if she would soon face years and years of more loneliness. I want you to know, Gabriel, that I forgive you. He gazed down at her, his intense stare never wavering. I know you did what you thought was best. It was the only choice I could make. He ran the pads of his thumbs along the crest of her cheekbones. As leaving is the only choice now. She nodded. Tears clustered in her lashes, turning his features into dark blobs. But there is one benefit to consider, he continued, his voice tender. What's that? Perhaps distance will prove to you what I already know. She blinked away her tears and glanced into his eyes. And what is that? That I love you. That we belong together. And it has nothing to do with the ritual. How can you be so sure? I have loved you since I saw you at the train wreck. Since the train wreck? Yes. How? Why? He shrugged one shoulder. I just knew. Sometimes you just know, Joanna. For me, it requires no contemplation, no decision. His baritone voice was so steady, so sure. Gabriel, she murmured, overwhelmed by his confession. She never would have guessed he had been attracted to her even sooner than she had been drawn to him, when he had flashed his boyish smile at her on her doorstep. That was the moment she began to take baby steps out of her world 
and into his. I know that you need more time to be sure, Joanna, and that is what I can give you. He passed a thumb over her lower lip. Time is everything, but then again, nothing you will see. You will not forget me? Never. And when it's safe, you will send for me? Instantly. And you love me? Until the end of time. His eyes grew dark with the serious intent of his words. And beyond. Then kiss me. God in heaven, Joanna, if I kiss you, I will not be able to stop. You won't have to stop. Not until morning. She swept her hands over his cheeks and into the waves of his coppery hair. We have until morning, Gabriel. Until then, let's live our lives the way we want to live. She reached for the towel that separated her burning flesh from his sumptuous velvet coat. Even if just for one night. His eyes blazed down at her. Speaking from a vampire's perspective... A night can sometimes last a lifetime. Is that a warning or a promise? That is for you to decide. He bent down to her neck. For a moment, Joanna thought he might pierce her flesh and drink from her. But he kissed her throat instead, pressing delightful kisses up her neck, under her jaw, and all the way to her ear. Once again... Sensations swirled around her, obliterating the real world. She heard laughter in the distance, the sound of joy that only he could summon within her. A cerulean sky surged into a halo above them as she surrendered to the warmth and sunshine that poured over her. Within the glorious aura, their mouths and hearts came together as one. Gabriel was right only she could decide what she thought and felt. She had free will. Her life streamed out before her like a golden path, hers, of her own making. She smiled and kissed him with all her heart, sure that somewhere, somehow, when the time was right, they would find a way to be together again. You have been listening to The Apothecary by Patricia Simpson. If you'd like to learn more about this world of Londo City, try The Londo Chronicles 2, The Phoenix, which features Eva's story. Thank you for listening. <laughs>